What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pixelist Podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. And today is a glorious day, as I'm sure all of you that are watching on YouTube can tell, because we got our boy Blake back. We got rid of that <laughs> schmuck, Jeremy. Jeremy, we love we, you. Don't listen to him. We don't. But, uh, but, we don't, Jeremy. You know? But we we're don't. glad to have the OG back, for sure. That's right. So welcome That's back, right. my friend. Thank you, my I've, friend. It's good. It's good to be back. Yeah, I've uh, so. I've missed you, as I'm sure everyone else that watches us has, because they're tired of seeing me rant to a stuffed dinosaur. But you know, the highs and lows of of the Pixelist podcast. You know, we're here for it all. You know, we are two men in our mid thirties. <laughs> There's there comes a point where the stuffed dinosaur can only go so far. <laughs> true, true. But we're gonna push that limit. Be sure of that. So, yeah, right. <laughs> How's your coffee today? So, um, let's see. Today's Thursday. So, on Monday, I ran out of coffee. And I have not gone to purchase more yet. But what I do have is... Well, I do still technically have coffee. But I don't have normal coffee. Um, so, since then, I've been drinking some mushroom coffee. Have you ever had that? Nah. <laughs> nah, man. It's supposed to be, like, really good for you. Um I couldn't tell you much more about it than that, but um, mushroom coffee. Yeah. I just so happened to have like five packets of this mushroom coffee from like at some point in my life. Is it like ground mushroom? Yeah. It's, it looks like coffee grounds, but it's like made from mushrooms. Does it taste like funky at all or? Um, so, you know, well, first of all, you know, I drink coffee black, so it's not like it tastes yeah, the best right. to begin with. So it definitely tastes different, but it's really not that like. There's a little mushroomy in there that you can tell, but other than that, it still tastes like coffee, really. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to judge, man, and I will be sure not to do that in your face. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, but check out the Discord, because I may have a thing to say about that <laughs> to our... You're going to air it all out there? <laughs> Spoiler tag. Yeah. Will, do not read. <laughs> <laughs> but that, hey, great segue, though. Um, where Where did you get that, by the way? Just like from the store, or...? Sorry, Walmart? the mushroom coffee? Yeah. I don't remember. Like, so <clears throat> I think I might have gotten it as like, like 10 packets of it were included in some like bigger, yeah, okay. like box of things I got somewhere. Like, I don't really remember. Um, but, you know, probably like uh, maybe it was even from like something from uh, Ashley's work or something like a gift that had like a bunch of random stuff in it, you know? There happen yeah, okay. to be like samples of this mushroom coffee in there. Mushroom coffee, coffee, iguana juice. Yeah. You know, I just feel yeah. like these things would get like bundled together <laughs> or something. Yeah. It's so. not bad, though. I mean, it's gotten the job done since I've been too lazy to go <laughs> purchase the, more coffee. That's what the slogan says on it. <laughs> it's not bad, though. <laughs> so it'll get the job. I should done. knock it. I should knock it because it could be five <laughs> years from now. I'm like, dude, mushroom coffee. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not well versed on it, but I think the whole point is it's supposed to be like healthier yeah and well mushrooms are like crazy good for you yeah so that would make sense I, okay I, yeah i think that's the idea um but yeah i'm uh I'm, i need to i actually literally after this i'm probably i have to go on some errands and so i'll be going to get the normal coffee so you can no longer judge me at that point yeah, okay you should you should splurge a little bit on i feel like we would even the budget is really tight for us we always try to get good coffee <clears throat> yeah I do. So. We did recently. This is just the coffee hour, which we which we <laughs> run into sometimes. But we did actually recently get 
uh, a new coffee, like a, a whole pot brewer. Ooh, from, that's a game changer from her sister because they upgraded and got like a really fancy yeah. machine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been meaning to go pick up some like nice grounds to use that with. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I need I to do that. Um, but I guess I guess we'll stop talking about coffee. I mean, <laughs> I know you guys love that, and that's what you're here for. Um, but no, we're here to talk about a little bit of Critical Role. Um, there may be. I'm trying to think before I jump into the normal spiel here. If there's anything outside the norm that we needed to mention especially since it's been a while since we've both sat down but um like i felt like there was something oh this isn't what i was just thinking of but i did just remember something else apologies to all of our podcast listeners out there today as i was prepping for this episode i realized i didn't upload our last two episodes to the podcast platform now again those were just recaps because Blake wasn't here. Yeah. So you didn't miss out on much, but I still wanted to apologize for anybody that only listens to us via podcast and is like, where did they go? Um, yeah, so we get some, we get some good <clears throat> traction on that too. Yeah. So you guys, maybe if you haven't checked out the podcast, I mean, we, we are called the pixels podcast, but um, <laughs> if you haven't checked it out, give us some love. We, we get some surprisingly good traction there. Yeah. So yeah, again, shout out to all you guys. And again, my apologies for uh, failing you these past couple of weeks. So today you'll see three uploads. It'll be episode 83, 84, and then this one, 85, obviously. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, you mentioned the discord a second ago, as always, that'll be linked in the description. Come join us there. Uh, it is Thursday. If you're listening to this, when we put it out, uh, which means critical role tonight, we'll be having our weekly watch party there and things are getting pretty juicy. Um, so it looks like it might be a good one. Um, so come hang out with us for that. But also we talk about all sorts of stuff in there. Um, and <clears throat> the wizard, the witch and the wild one. I don't I maybe gave a little plug for this in my my solo episodes recently. But now that Blake's back, especially um, I know both of us just want to reiterate how good that show is. And if you guys aren't watching it yet, you need to be because um, our next podcast will will be on that probably, you know in the next few days at some point. So be on the lookout for that, but it is fantastic. We are coming up on the end of the second arc of that um, mm -hmm. show. We'll be talking more about that in our episode there, but um, always a good time to, to jump in at the, what is coming the start of a new arc. So be your chance now to catch up and be prepared for that. Um, anything else, my friend that I'm failing to mention here. I think that's it. We do have our Friday, streams uh our friday it's at one o'clock central time our weekly wrap-up uh so if you want to get together and just talk shop talk D D, talk critical role worlds beyond you can come join us about a half hour format having said that i don't know if i can do tomorrow's <laughs> okay because i have a work event that goes all the way up to 12 30 and it's in bentonville so i yeah. got like a 30 minute drive well um, um you might we might hold on the fort for like or we could push it half an hour yeah i was gonna hour. say we don't like we can talk about this off off air as it were if if we want to but i was just gonna say if we need to just push it and you could still do it then i would prefer yeah, that okay. than just okay riding we'll solo stay tuned to the discord and we'll yeah we'll put out a little announcement about that but that'll be on every friday at one o'clock boom boom except for, except for maybe tomorrow <laughs> <might be> later <laughs> so okay um is that everything you think? I think so. Um, well, just again, for the plug for the Discord, we've been mentioning it a lot recently and uh, not following through, but our Sunday Funday watch parties are something that we want to get going again. Uh, so similar to the watch party for Critical Role tonight, 
Um, we want to keep doing watch parties on Sunday nights. So again, if you're not in the discord, it's another reason to join. Uh, and if you're already in there, you already know the drill. So, uh, yeah, but that's it. That's all I got. Okay. Well, anytime you tune into one of our videos, you've probably noticed we do a little bit of a recap at the start of each one of our deep dive discussions. And what we like to do is take that recap and peel it out as its own YouTube video. Uh, so if you're watching just the recap, there is actually a link in the episode description that will take you to the full uh, discussion on the episode. And you can definitely drop a comment on that video. Tell us what you thought about the episode. Um, but this was episode, now I'm panicking because it's been so long since I've done this. I think this was episode 85. Yep. Yes. Episode 85. And this one was called intense interrogations yes and this was an extremely intense episode um we open up back in barthy the elders uh abode um the party has essentially thrown the will master into the portable hole along with a couple of other uh ruby vanguard and there is the nearby Caravan essentially approaching to examine the kerfuffle as to what has happened. The um, explosion of Ladna's fireball. I think there was another like really loud noise. And so the party's very quickly trying to figure out what do we do? Um, there is a cellar to this house. And so some of the party goes down to the cellar, um, the basement of this place. And then um, I think Orem, uh, Imogen, and FCG have this idea specifically Imogen and FCG to pretend like um, they're part of the Ruby Vanguard and that FCG has malfunctioned and that, that those noises that they heard uh, would have been the sounds of this automaton malfunctioning. Um, Ladna puts like her icker out onto FCG to make it look like oil. Um, there's a knock at the door and the party is extremely surprised to not just see uh, a couple of Ray Lauren, but um, actually, no, one's a Ray Lauren, a juggernaut, and then the elvish looking character uh, with the pale white skin who seems to be the leader who's come over to investigate. And a third person who the party recognizes to be uh, Yvonne Hydroga, the owner of the museum yeah. from the museum heist back like episode 20 something. Yeah, back in the Hartmore. Yeah, talk about a throwback. Um, but if you connect the dots, it actually makes sense since the party was sent there by um, What's-Her-Face and uh, Dressar. Um, um, she's the one who alerted them to this mm -hmm. heist mission, uh, and she had been working with the Paragon's Call intentionally. Right. Um, Gianna Hexum, right? Thank you, Gianna Hexum. Uh, but it turns out that Hydroga is part of the Ruby Vanguard, has joined their ranks, and has made his way up to Ruidus, Um, and immediately recognizes the party. And to the which the party's like, yeah, we're, we joined too. And <laughs> um, what happens over the next 20 to 30 minutes is what we can call uh, a masterclass in amazing roles from Laura Bailey. Yep. Uh, Laura Bailey is actually going to have numerous deception, persuasion, and intimidation roles, uh, all of which that are going to hit above 20. So one of those first ones is convincing Hydroga that we've joined the Ruby Vanguard 2, uh, to which Hydroga is actually relieved to see a friendly face and confesses to Imogen that uh, he despises being on Rudus, that sort of like what was promised, kind of the grandiose nature of like, 
you know, we're freeing yeah. the world from the gods that it's really not as nice as it was cracked up to be. And he really misses his life of comfort back on Exandria. They also, uh, Imogen also convinces the Elvish leader that FCG was the noise that they had heard. And when the leader asks about, well, have you seen the Willmaster? Uh, Imogen explains that the Willmaster had come by previously before and had um, moved on as the Wukar stampede occurred in the previous episode. Um, they haven't seen them since. And again, there's a successful deception check that happens with this. Um, the, they then offer to join the caravan, uh, to which Hydroga is especially excited about. And they decide to call it for the night and to meet back up first thing in the morning to continue on to um, Kaviris. Is that right? The city that they're yeah, heading to? Um, Capital yeah, city? I believe so. Kaviris. Kaviris. Like Kaviris. So they leave. Um, and then the party, they can't go to bed. They have some unfinished business. They decide to open up the hole and interrogate the Willmaster. The problem here is that as soon as Ashton opens up the portable hole, he is affected by dominate person casted by the Willmaster down in the hole. Ashton immediately attacks and hits Imogen. Uh, the party scurries to close the hole back up. Uh, the spell essentially ends after Ashton takes some damage. Um, and they decide to reopen the hole with everyone basically jumping in at once and yeah. beating up the Willmaster <laughs> so that uh, she can't get a spell off. Um, they do that. They knock the Willmaster out. Uh, and then they decide, you know, we got this awesome harness. Let's use the harness on the Willmaster. Uh, so they use the harness. Orem dons the harness and gains the ability to cast Dominate Person himself uh, for 24 hours, basically, till his next long rest. Um, there's also a lot of dialogue around, like, what do we do? Like, maybe we should just use the harness completely and do the hour ritual to consume this person. Uh, Chetney actually does grim psychometry on the harness and has a vision of Ludinus using the harness on this butterfly nymph fey creature. Um, and uh, Laudna especially is very much on team, you know, let's just, she keeps saying, let's suck out their juices. Um, <laughs> and uh, FCG is really like, hey, like we can't, we can't kill people. We're the good guys, right? Um, sure, FCG, sure. Uh, anywho, you're eating that up. Oh, dude, I was feasting. Anywho, um, there's still the issue of the two other people in the hole, the two other Ruby Vanguard members. Uh, both of them are fairly young. Uh, one of them, they unbind and take the blindfold off, and this is Petrov Godo uh, from Exandria, who has discovered that he is an exalted and has sort of joined the Ruby Vanguard, very naive, um, and has made his way up to Ruidus. Um, there's this tension of, are they going to kill this boy or not? And Imogen successfully, another deception check, successfully convinces the boy that um, the Willmaster actually was betraying all of them, and they are the true allied people of Predathos, uh, and that if he wants, he can continue with them on the caravan, to which the boy is relieved. He's like, oh, thank goodness. Um, they put the boy back into the hole. Excuse me. They put the boy back into the hole. They pull out the half-orc. They do the same thing with the half-orc. Another successful deception check. And they're basically, the two boys are like, okay, yeah, this is great. Um, I'm glad we found the real good guys. Um, and they decide, you know, let's send you off to the caravan and we'll all head out in the morning. Um, now, 
there is one other detail. They decide, well, maybe we should walk the two boys back. So FCG and um, Fern decide to walk the two boys, well, one's a young man, um, to the encampment where the caravan's waiting. And when they get there, they find a Ruby Vanguard person interrogating members of the caravan to figure out like where some of these missing people have gone. And the members of the caravan are like, oh, there's two of the young people right there. And as they point, Fern recognizes the interrogating senior official is actually one Adahan Thule. Uh They immediately try to leave to escape. Uh, Adahan just, you know, mega leaps in front of them, recognizes them, um, recognizes that Fern is, uh, or rather Fern reveals that she herself is Rudisborn. And so Adahan's like, well, I shouldn't kill you, but your friend, probably fair game. Uh, combat ensues. FCG gets hit with three attacks, gets knocked down. Um, it's looking like FCG is going to die. Uh, and Sam Regal says, I have one spell left. It's banishment. And at the sixth level, I can cast it on three people. He casts it on um, Adahan as a Hail Mary. And it it succeeds, but she uses a legendary resistance to um, pass the check for it so it fails. Uh, and then he casts it on himself and uh, Fern to banish both of them. Um, the final spell that he has, and then as soon as they're banished to this other plane, they begin doing their um, cloud, like their smoke form, the spell that uh, Keyleth had given them. Um, also, before this happens, he mentally tells the rest of the group, Adahan's here, run, uh, and they all go into their smoke form as well. Um, and... Uh, but not before, um, what's her face? Uh, Ladna does her hunger of, um, hunger of the void, hunger of the darkness. What's it called? Um, hunger of the shadow. And I think we're hunger in the, the second half. If you want. Oh, me are we? Yeah, I think oh. so. I thought it was we- when like they flew off that it went to the, went to the break. Maybe it was, it's been a while since I watched it, but I thought it was when like it was an Odahan cliffhanger. It oh, doesn't matter. Right. Just you tag yeah. me in whenever. And I'll... I'm sorry, man. My bad. No, you're good. Jump on your. It's been so long since I've done one of these, you know? I just no, you're good. I just, you know, I, I was happy for you to keep going. I just wanted to let you know that. No, I'm no. Here I, I, w- when you I was just going to say she consumes the Willmaster. And, you know, I'm just real concerned about Ladna over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they all become smoke forms and basically fly away. I thought that was the break, but it might be. You might, you're right. It might be after. I honestly don't know. Um, so sorry about that, buddy. No, you're good. You're good. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, very scary moment from Ladna where Delilah basically, you know, shows her cards. Um, we're going to be talking about that. Um, the only other thing I'd mention is that Odahan jumps like 100 feet in the air to try to like slash at them, um, but misses. So she's got some ups for sure. So they reconvene everybody in their misforms and they decide to head off towards the capital city. Um, And as they're flying, they realize they're going to have to find a place to rest along the way. So um, they're going. And like we've talked about before, there are some crazy storms on Ruidus that these misforms basically like can't risk going into. So they're looking for another place to kind of hide out and wait for the storm to pass. And they ultimately come across this like, kind of fissure or crack in the earth that they fly down into uh, and it goes pretty deep. And as they're going, they can see like bones down here, but they just keep going um, deeper and they can eventually hear rushing water. And amongst this kind of underground cavern that they find themselves in, there's like this little alcove that um, Matt describes as kind of like the inside of a geode with all of like the crystals jutting out. 
And <clears throat> they could rest here, but they realize that maybe isn't the best idea because if they do, their mist forms will run out. So they'll have no way of like flying back out the way they came. It'd be like really hard to get back out. So instead they do um, transform back into their normal selves, but they decide to check out this, this rushing water that they have found is like this underground river. Um, and thankfully Fern has prepared water breathing. So that makes them basically go all in on this plan. Um, <clears throat> so they do that cast water breathing and basically dive in and, begin to explore this underground cavern. Um, they swim and they eventually get to like a, a crossroads, if you will, where they can go one way with the current or they can go another way against it, but they can hear like the splashing of water from the against the current direction. So they decide let's check out that way. So they make their way up and basically come to this <clears throat> cavern, if you will, where they it's tall. They can't even see the ceiling, uh, but there's a waterfall in this cavern. So that's the noise they were hearing. So Imogen casts uh, dancing lights and sends them up and they find that in this cavern, there are these like runic inscriptions on the walls and they can actually see that there is a temple here, um, a very old looking temple, but it seems to be elvish in its uh, design. So they're like, what the heck? Uh, let's investigate this. So <clears throat> Laudna casts spider climb on herself and kind of just starts going up this wall and this waterfall to get a better look at this temple and inside she can see that there is like gardens and greenery and they deduce that these must have been enchanted in some way in order to have survived this long. Um, they also deduce that this temple must be back from when Rudis was still a part of Exandria. Um, <clears throat> so she makes her way up um, and then uses the immovable rod with a rope to throw down for everybody else to come up and join her. Um, but as she goes up, she sees there's like this tunnel kind of behind the waterfall sort of. Um, so they take note of that and, um, Chet, when he gets, uh, when, when everybody gets up there, Chet actually casts Grim psychometry again, uh, just on, I guess on the temple, but kind of on this whole place sort of, um, and he gets a, a vision, but it's not that clear because like, it's so old that he can't really like make sense of it. Um, but Matt describes him, see the sky turn from blue to red and just, there's kind of this um fear that he feels um but it all is just too old for him to understand so the vision ends and the party starts just kind of walking through the ruins of this temple um <clears throat> they come across one of these gardens and there's red berries um and actually an old porcelain doll that's like with elvish features so ladna snatches that up of course and uh fern actually tries one of these berries and they're delicious and heal her for one hp so this is a good berry in uh, terms of 5e Blake and I had a player that <laughs> loved the good berries. Um, so <clears throat> the party take a few of these berries and then they continue walking around the temple and they can see a lot of it is destroyed, both from just like rocks jutting into it. Um, and also it looks to be like, like extreme heat damage. Um, but then other parts of the temple are like almost pristine. Um, and they must've been protected by some sort of magic to have been untouched like this. Um, so after they explored a little bit, they basically realize they have two options. They can kind of follow that like underground waterfall tunnel that they saw, or they could continue just to climb up the rocks and see where that leads. Um, so they actually decide to have Fern um, use her wild shape to turn into a little sea slug to go investigate this underwater tunnel, um, which <clears throat> is similar to something she did way back. Um, I think it was the same time as the museum heist, at least that era where she swam like into like a pot that was spewing out infinite water and she ended up in the 
plane of water. Um, so they're kind of like, let's just let's do this again with a test with Fern, just in case there's something weird going on. So Fern does that, turns into a slug, starts swimming, um, and she makes it uh, you know, against kind of the current of this water until she reaches a point where there just is no more current. And she can see like a light up above her. So she swims about 80 feet up to breach. And when she does, she finds herself in this lake surrounded by like this beautiful forest. Um, and it's like just like a beautiful kind of cloudy day, Matt describes. And so she tries to use um, the telepathic bond. I think that's the name of the spell um, mm -hmm. to communicate and let everybody else know what she's seen. But she can't, which implies she's on another plane of existence entirely. Mm -hmm. And that's where the episode ends. Um, devious little cliffhanger. Um, but so once again, that was episode 85 of campaign three intense interrogations. And if you are just on our recap video and you want to tune in for our full discussion, there will be a link down to, uh, down in the description below. But yeah, man, that out of the way. Oh man. <laughs> what a wild episode. Yeah. We had a lot happen. Yeah. Freaking Odahan's back, man. <laughs> I was, I mean, not to just I, jump straight in, but, um, or what were you going to say? I, I wondered if they were actually going to fight her. And then I was like, there's no way. I mean, the whole caravan's there. Like there's yeah. no way. I mean, honestly, like MVP, like you mentioned earlier, Laura had insane deception roles to start this episode. And so she would have been the MVP, but that maneuver from Sam, mm -hmm. like was next level. And honestly, like, I don't know what, like what? Are, like that was a crazy thing that kind of allowed them to get away. Like, if he hadn't have thought of that, I think they would have had to fight, or at least, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they would have had to like leave them and try I to come F back and save them later or something. I think FG is dead. If there's no other, I don't know what other alternative. Yeah, is. I mean, because yeah, yeah. Odahan was like, we don't need you. We just need Fern. So mm -hmm. yeah, maybe that's what it was. Like FCG dies, they take Fern prisoner and. Hardy has to go try to save her or something. I don't know. But yeah, it felt like <clears throat> that that was like a, a one in a million out that Sam just happened to find yeah. in that moment. He's um, always so good at that kind of stuff, man. Crazy. You know, he, he's a brilliant player. Yeah. And it was even um, <clears throat> obviously massive credit to him. But I, I think I, I think it was Marisha and maybe even somebody else at the table that was like within that moment as it was happening, they were kind of like tossing out that idea as well of like. What if you cast it on yourself? Um, so yeah, crazy idea. And uh, that's just a great example of like player ingenuity. And as a DM, not like punishing it um, because yeah, I saw, been... did you see this like discussion about that moment at all? No, cause I, I just finished the episode before we right, right. jumped on. So, uh, But you know, people were of course uh, not, I I'm sure it's the vocal minority, you know, as usual with these types of things, but people were very, in their fields, rules lawyering, the the self banishment, like they wouldn't the have worst. gone to the you're same watching. place, or like they you're not allowed to Goodness. cast a spell when you're in there. They wouldn't have been able to turn into mist. And it's like, okay, bro, like <laughs> you guys are the worst. I'm I'm being I'm being like as I'm I feel like we're pretty kind in general. Like oh, those people. Uh, I'm just gonna say if you're watching this and you are that person, you are the worst kind of player. Like you can just know you're the person at the table no one likes. Because um, I mean, you take this amazing moment. You know, and it's, it's, you, you just, as a DM, you have to know when to reward player ingenuity Yeah, and, and when like, there's a time to be insistent on the rules 
when someone like which i feel like speaking of laura bailey i feel like she's the one who's the worst at this like really stretching like oh, could yeah. i do this you know and that's yeah. like no <clears throat> right <laughs> but um you know and then when your players have really clever ideas like you just gotta reward that absolutely know? so i really hate the whole rules lowering thing and yeah I mean, there's, me, there's a balance, right? Like you said, Matt, a lot of the times is like, no, like that's, you can't do that. You know? So it's not as if like all rules are just out the window, but it takes like, you know, a good DM and kind of like a good table mm. environment to know when to kind of ease off yeah, on those and, things for these. And I'll, as a DM, I'll, I'll change and tweak things in the rules, which by the way, I think yeah. like page one of the player's handbook says to basically do that yeah. as you see fit. I will change small th not like in the moment like oh i didn't like that so i'm going to change it but mm -hmm. i will change things how a certain ability works how a yeah. mechanic works i'll invent new abilities yeah just because i mean i've had players in the past i had a player one time who i i did something and it was basically a homebrew on the evasion uh spell technique mm -hmm. whatever and in this case for this big bad the evasion ability also at a certain role would allow him to redirect the attack to someone else within five feet <clears throat> and i had a guy who was like that's not how evasion works and i and i just was like that's how that's how this one works <laughs> um now fortunately there's a lot of trust there so he was like oh okay that's kind of cool yeah but i mean there's people at tables out there who are just so like that's not how it works yeah. you know and just can't move past it i mean which here's what i'll say to each their own if you have like a, an entire table and dm that like that's the game you guys want to play like you're sticking to the rules as hard as freaking possible, then more power to you, you know? But like, clearly that's not the game that Critical Role plays. So it's just ridiculous when people get so up in arms about this. It's like, we're, we've been at this for a decade almost. You just, you don't get this yet? Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, hats off to them for like withstanding the endless criticism of just like, yeah, you know, they're probably like, hey, we just want to play D&D, &D, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. um. But yeah, I hadn't seen any of that. I thought it was brilliant from Sam. I thought it was Amazing. right from you could tell Matt was a little uncertain too of like how the spell should play out. And I think it was the right move for him also mm -hmm. to be like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Um, and like allowing them to cast, you know, the shadow form or the smoke form, whatever. Yeah. Uh, what was that spell? What it was that a scroll? Like what was that that gave them that the, ability? The mist thing? Yeah. Cause I, um, I, I Keyleth cast like, it on remember, them. Okay. Okay. So they've just been I think it I yeah. think it has like six or eight hour duration. So they've just been like using it. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, and not to anyway. keep going on this, but just to kind of wrap it up in a nice bow, like that's the difference between, you know, that moment now having been allowed and it's like this epic moment that they'll all remember, like, you know, versus like what could have been a very disappointing, like frustrating moment, especially if it would have led to a player death, you know. Um so and that and that's the thing too is it's really angering as a player when you feel like you're not in control and or maybe that's not the right to put it when you feel like there's not any outs for you mm. like it's just it's just what's happening like they ran into Adahan there it's not like there were any signals that like hey you're making a bad move by walking like they thought they were doing the right thing walking these two people to the caravan and then Adahan was just there you know and not just there but saw them and engaged with them immediately like you, you got to give your players some kind of out. Maybe out's not the right word, but like some some canvas to draw on, like to to play with and figure out. Um, 
I, so, I mean, that, that's that's what Sam was doing. So I get where you know. you're coming from, but I might push back a little bit on that because I think that okay. it's kind of their fault to not realize like because they knew Odahan had come through the bridge and was and was looking for yeah. them. And this is a huge commotion. Like, it makes sense to me that she would like be on their trail, as it were. Um, and I do know that Matt did give Fern a perception check and she rolled like that nat one on it, right? Nat one, that's right. So like yeah. if she had rolled a little bit better, he might have been like, you see, Odahan Thule is here. And so like maybe they could have, you know, well, like let, noticed let before they, what? Let me, let me put it this way. Yeah. If, if I'm a player at that table and I die from, I'm FCG and I die, my player is dead. I'm pretty mad about how that played out. Hmm. Like, like it, it, for me, it's less about, is it in the realm of possibility that they, that Adahan would be there and should they have thought about it? I mean, from Ladna's perspective, Marisha said it herself. She was like, I, I thought I used the scryball. Like, I thought we knew Adahan wasn't here. Um, I don't know. I, I would feel pretty, pretty rough if I had died in that situation. Not that Sam would, but, mm -hmm. you know, as well, the, if I'm the DM, I'm thinking, let's at least create some space for them to think of something creative to get I, out of it. Again, I totally get where you're coming from. I just think that space did technically exist, but I think there's also the possibility for things to go wrong and players to die, right? And obviously, um, there's sure. probably not too much point in talking about something that didn't happen. But um, yeah, I mean, I just, I think there was kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to say like the warnings because it's not as if Matt was like, don't go out there by yourself. But, um, you know, I I think even <laughs> if the even if the um, banishment hadn't happened, I think there still could have been theoretical other outs that you're referring to. Sure. We don't know what those are. And, you know, also, it could have been like they could have been honest and that might have saved FCG's life. Like Imogen's sure. up there, like, you know, spare him. Um, <clears throat> well, anyway, and they could have also not acted like you know i forgot my hey, purse we, sh we shouldn't be here you know yeah. you know Adahan, what are you doing here they could have <laughs> just tried to blend in you know i mean yeah Adahan had the battle with them but it, you know that was a long time ago and it's not necessarily the case that she would immediately recognize them now i guess True. she did say i'm looking for someone who looks like you basically but yeah too yeah. unfortunate that it is two of the most recognizable members like the big yeah, fawn and the robot yeah they couldn't send you know freaking ladna or yeah. something i don't know i guess ladna is also pretty <clears throat> conspicuous but yeah. um but it's also um this i'm moving away from that current dynamic we were talking about but it's interesting to find out that um the reason odahan like arrived there was because like the, the root is born Wi-Fi, if you will, um, which makes sense because, you know, when, when Imogen had that dream or whatever, she sees all the lights. Right. Uh, and like the most the brightest ones were in Gavaris or whatever. So she did similarly kind of have this recognition of where everyone else was. So I didn't even consider that that Odahan or anyone else could use that as well to find her. So I kind of liked that piece coming together for mm -hmm. um you know, helping to explain how Odahan did find them that quickly. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, man, I was I was really worried <clears throat> because not only is she just, you know, a threat from the last time we saw her, but like the party's running on E right now. So like I was like, what are they going to do? Um, and then, if, yeah, I mean, yeah, we've had three straight episodes of combat. So I, I think yeah. it's injected some much needed um life into the campaign of like oh now here's another another big thing we got to figure out what are we going to do 
Um, and as soon as Autohan showed up, I mean, just looking at all their faces, I mean, they just knew like, this yeah. is bad. This is really bad. Um, yeah. And, and when, fun, and when you know? Sam messaged everybody and just told them to run, like, mm-hmm. and don't like, don't come like we're, I'm done basically like yeah. you be safe. Um, that was a great little moment too. Everyone's face was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, anything, anything else on, on that part specifically? Um, I mean, I, I just think we have to be heading to an encounter with Autohan. Yeah. Um, in the near future, we've said this, I guess, before they left Alexandria, that in the next 10 episodes, 10 or 15, there might be a, a major conflict with Autohan. They've, you know, rushed shoulders a few times now. I yeah. just have to imagine, you know, they're heading to something like that in the near future. For sure. Um, she definitely feels like the, the mini boss. Yeah, I don't think she's the BBEG. I don't think. Um, yeah, I, I don't either. Um, but maybe, like, well, no. Yeah, I don't either. But she might still be, like, one of the boss fights. Yeah. But not the boss, if that makes sense. Um, it is cool, though. I, I applaud that. It's fun. It's fun when you really make your players go to empty on, like, spell slots and, like, what they yeah. can do. Um, cause I've definitely been in a position where like, I plan like what I think is like an epic combat and then the combat ends and everyone's still like, you know, they got like 50% of their uh, spell slots still yeah. before life. Everyone's like, we're good. And I'm like, okay, well there's that, I guess. <laughs> um, the cool thing for my, one of my campaigns was they had an encounter in the session we did, we had this encounter and then we had the next encounter. And the guy who was more of the experienced, everyone was kind of green. The guy who was more like experienced, because it was like this big golem thing. <clears throat> he was like, hey, this this is the boss. Like, use everything you got. Oh. And um, he was like, this is the end of the dungeon. Like, just so everyone knows, like, it's time to use it. And he was trying to be helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, turns out that was a mini boss. Oh. And the real boss was the next session. <laughs> so the next session, we went into combat and people were like, I have one spell slot. Like, what do I do? Um, and that one was a crazy one. But anyway, so I, I, I just think it's fun when like the DM kind of pushes the party to like really use everything they got. Yeah. Uh, which gets harder to do when the party gets like into double digit letters and, you know, you have like 10 spell slots or more, you know, yeah. it's just anyway. Yeah. War of attrition for sure. You gotta mm-hmm. throw several things at them. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> To, to rewind a little bit about this interrogation, um, you know, your whole, I didn't, we, I joked about it in the recap, but the whole, are, are they the baddies thing? We have kind of a split in the party a bit with like, you know, not wanting to kill the will master versus killing the will master. Um, which I thought, I thought made sense, but it is just one of those. And this is not a, a criticism on critical role at all, but it's just one of those interesting kind of things in D and D. Cause it's like, when are you going to pick up this moral dilemma? Cause like throughout the mm. entire campaign, it's just, it's just the nature of the game. You're killing things yeah. all of the time. Right. Right. Um, you know, they killed stuff literally the previous two combat encounters. Um, and if anything, this will master seems like one of the, not the heads of the snake, you know, but still like right. higher up on the totem pole, like why have mercy here? Um, right. But I do understand why. I think it was Fern and FCG were both the ones that like had a real issue with it. Um, yeah, Fern of all people, you know the 
yeah chaos chaos demon over here you never know what she's gonna want to do and she's the one who's like i just don't feel right yeah using the harness like um so i just thought that was interesting it'll be interesting to see kind of if that dynamic grows even more like as we progress into the end mm-hmm. game like i'm sure none of them are going to be like don't kill odohan you know like right not her I mean, or like lewdness but it'll just be yeah. interesting to see it's weird the whole th- weird isn't the right words i don't mean it in a critical way but like it's weird navigating because the yeah. party really as a whole you don't have a pike you don't have someone who's like committed um and it's like clear when they like sway away from like their moral ideals Mm -hmm. you have a party that really doesn't have like a moral um i don't think i mean like foundation like none of them none of them are like connected to a deity except for maybe orum well fcg now but yeah right fcg is probably the most committed and the most moral ironically of the group being Mm. i say ironically being the non- I mean, I, I think he has a soul or they have a soul, but, yeah. you know, the non-soul automaton. Um, but yeah, it creates this really weird dynamic of like, why shouldn't we kill him? You know, yeah. and like we've seen like some of that really like evolve over time, like from the backing of the temple to now with this, you know, um, Lana, for example, was really set. Like, I want us to consume. I don't want to waste the harness. I want to consume the will uh yeah she's a a little bit different though whatever's going on with her which we can talk about that too i think that's heavily delilah influenced though if not entirely you're you're not gonna play the it's not her fault line are you (laughs) i'm not like i'm not saying it's not her fault i'm getting getting real tired of it this dialogue every time i point something out you're like oh that's not yay hey i'm just saying i'm just saying it's not maybe the best example to use for this dichotomy example (laughs) Well, she's, just she's the one who's chosen to embrace Delilah. No, yeah, okay, agree. The one, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm like, I'm not saying it's not her fault. That, that wasn't where saying, I was going. What's, what's different between her and any villain in any story ever? Like, she's not like twirling a mustache. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, no. she's, she's doing what she <laughs> thinks is the right decision, and you're it's right. Very questionable. I so. I 100 agree with all of that. 100 agree with all of that. All I'm saying is that like in terms of like defining the moral compass of the group and how they navigate these decisions. She has like a literal parasite demon inside of her that is influencing her. That's all I was saying. Yes. I wouldn't call it a parasite. I'd call it a partner. She has embraced Delilah. She loves Delilah. Yeah. Let's do it. Team Delilah. Let's go. You know, so she's made She has made her choices. Um, and you know, I, I just think the party as a whole, they're in kind of a weird space where I'm like, are we like an episode away from like going full baddie here? Like all the, the foundational pieces are there. You know, I don't I think we're Jerry. an episode away from going oh. full baddie, but we, sure. we might be an episode away from interparty conflict as I don't think they're all on the same page No, Yeah. You know, I mean, clearly FCG and Fern voiced their, you know, dissent with the decision, but um, speaking about Ladna specifically, the hunger of the, the shadow moment or whatever, which I think this is the third time we've seen her use this. Used it on uh Bordor. And then what was the other one? Um I know she's done it at least twice. Was it maybe on somebody in, in Whitestone when they went into like the hidden Percy's lab or whatever? 
Yeah, I could. It might not. It might not have been that okay, moment. Yeah. Um, but I think it was I mean, because every time it, she used it on FCG. Oh right. So I, yeah, I think maybe she's used it four times then. So FCG, Bordor, um, the ghost in Whitestone. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Exploring that one night. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and then on the Willmaster. Yeah. The and we still don't know like the mechanics of it. And there, there might not be a literal like written on the card mechanic, but a role play mechanic at the very least is every time she uses it, Matt describes like like the heartbeat getting stronger. And like he describes like the imagery getting darker, like as if Delilah is taking more and more over every, t- every time she uses this ability. As if like she is literally feeding Mm-hmm. Delilah within her um which I uh, I'm not I don't agree with what she did here but I loved the moment like I love this moment yeah, narratively sure. um with you know everyone at the table kind of like freaking out except Orem I don't know if you noticed but like everyone was literally like what is Ladna doing and Orem was just like sipping from his stein and it's like you know he's plotting that contingency plan you know he's like I gotta take her out um or I might have to take her out uh Orem, so though I Quincy, I mean, ironically, is the one who encouraged her to kill True. Bordor. True. <clears throat> so. Ends justify the means with him, basically. Like, I think absolutely with Bordor for sure. But I feel like, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Orm, man. Speaking of, you know, moral compass, I felt like at the yeah. start of this campaign, I would have said it was him, but he's Me like too. one of the furthest well, from it. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. And I think. I don't know if, if it's too overt to be like he's become like cynical or like he has seen that like morality is kind of naive in like the current, you know, maybe he looks, maybe he thinks about Will and thinks if I had was willing to fight dirty, it never would have happened. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely seems the most not lost, but just like has moved away from kind of the very much straight and narrow. You know, he's not doing anything in each other. He's not like, you know, let's go rob the place, you know, but <laughs> just yeah. definitely doesn't seem to have those ideals um, like he did when we first saw him in EXU. Yeah. And I, I think, I think you nailed it with the will thing. I think this is, it's just so close to him, right? Like this is, this is the people who took everything from him. So I think he just, you know, decided that like, he's going to do whatever he needs to do to, to make that right. Um, mm-hmm. And I also wonder if like, we don't like, we don't have a full novel about Orem's backstory, but we know he's a soldier, right? So I wonder if, if there's some part of it that's like a, a mode he switches on in his brain in order mm-hmm. to do the things you got to do as a soldier on the battlefield, you know? Like maybe there's kind of mm-hmm. this like, okay, we got to enter war mode now. And so empathy, all those things shut off, like time to take care of business. I feel like it was most strange having Fern speak up and be like, mm, I don't know about this guy. And yeah. maybe it's the fate, maybe it's the fake connection, knowing that Ludinus had used it on fake creatures. Mm. Um because I mean yeah. she ad- she adores grandmother Mori, who yeah. I mean also seems to have done some very questionable things. Um or has a you know methodology that I don't know if it's as you know pure as <laughs> your classic like hero kind True. of uh, archetype. And she's never really seemed like moved or bothered by any of that it's like yeah you know these are people who are stuck in this garden for eternity and anyway um so it was interesting that, that she was like i uh, i don't know if i yeah. should do that so yeah that's but a it, good it point maybe it may be the fake connection that it's, it's for her it's even too close also yeah 
Well, you know, she's always been chaotic and stealing from anybody, but you know, I get, I'm trying to think like, I don't think she's ever just been like, mur- like murderous isn't the right word, but you know, like she definitely has her, I don't want to call it evil, but like, in terms of in terms of good evil D and D alignment, that's the only way I'm using this word evil. She definitely has her evil tendencies of like doing those types of chaotic things, but never like is just out for blood. Um, so I could see just like in a vacuum, it making sense that she like is taking a stand here because it is kind of like it is a bad guy, but they're kind of like in a helpless position right now, and we're just gonna murder them in cold blood type of thing. Um, but to the grandmother Maury stuff, that's a great point because. She's definitely done some messed up stuff, but I wonder if there's like this weird level of like willful ignorance there where like yeah. mm-hmm. she didn't see grandmother Maury like torture people or like literally like watch her, you know, condemn somebody to a life of being a shrubbery. So maybe it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Like, right. They deserved it. Or, you know, like, I don't yeah. know. But that is interesting. And then Chetney, I mean, Chetney hasn't gone crazy recently, but. He's still the Chetney who brutally attacked the shopkeep owner (laughs) for having too high of prices. (laughs) So there's that. Um, And then Ashton, um, I I don't know where I stand with Ashton. I mean, Ashton, in some ways, I kind of agreed with like his thinking of like, hey, we can send the Willmaster out on a woo car, but they're just going to die in three days anyway. Like, how's it any different? Um, Yeah. So I kind of agreed with that, but then I also, he was also the one like pushing, like, yeah, we just got to kill him. So Mm. I don't don't know how I feel about Ashton. True. I mean, again, aside from Laudna, citing back to the, just like the way D and D works, I don't really fault any of them for like wanting to kill the Willmaster. Like maybe I should, like maybe I should. Well, yeah, the Willmaster is a baddie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think, I think the thing that made it more, I don't, I think that made it more gray was using the harness. It was like, this is mm. something our potential BBEG arch nemesis, whatever the big baddie has created and has probably used for an insane amount of like torment and murder. Um, like literally consuming the essences of these fake creatures and like, yeah. Hey, now we're going to, it's basically what Fern said. Um, so I think I think that's what made it a little bit stickier. Yeah. They but they were also talking about killing um Petrov right. and Verdo too, which I, I actually thought that Imogen was like kind of cozying him up to get information and kill him. Yeah. Um <clears throat> which I'm glad that's not what happened, but um, yeah, if they had if they had just killed all three of them from the jump, like before any interrogations, I really wouldn't have had an issue with it. But once we learn more about Petrov, that he's just this kid, you know, like then that would have been really dark if they which, had. Yeah. And great job, Matt. I love how Matt <clears throat> fleshed this out, that it wasn't yeah. like these are all just like former thieves or bandits right. or whatever. Like this is a kid who he didn't pick this. Right. You know, he was he was picked. Yeah. And you know, resonated with the mission. And I don't know. I just, I felt bad for him. Me too. So yeah, I'm glad, glad he made it out at least for now. Um, but also, um, before we step away from all this, the, and I'll I'll have something else to say too about Laudan before we move away. Yeah. That's that's what I want to talk about too. Um, I thought, I mean, obviously we know what's going on with her. We've talked about it with Delilah, but excuse me. Um, in particular, I just thought it was one very telling and two, like a great character choice when she was, was taken out the will master, how she said like your power should have gone to me and not the halfling. 
like just how detached to call Orem the halfling instead of his name, right? Like, I, I'm, and here's my question. At, at what, I mean, speaking of willful, willful, willful ignorance, at what point does someone say something? You know, <laughs> at what point is someone like, hey, buddy, yeah. can we sit down and talk about this? <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and that's, and I'm not even so much, so much talking about critical role, even <clears> like <throat> there comes a point like in D&D party dynamics where like, it's not, it goes beyond like, we see things a little bit differently. Like, hey, the way you approach this is in contrast with how I'm approaching this. So like, what's the RP way to navigate that? And I'm a little surprised that no one's been like, it almost feels like, <laughs> Lon is crazy, right? <laughs> you know, like Pooch is seriously crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised. I was like, no, really, Ladna needs some help. Like, because think about this. She, I thought that line was like the, the biggest cry for help. But remember when um, Talison, uh, when Ashton did the shard thing, and she wanted to kill Ashton, <laughs> like murder Ashton, yeah. like. <clears throat> I, I just I think you're right that like everyone kind of has their morally gray whatever and then there's Ladna mm -hmm. like it feels like Ladna is in need of real help and I'm I guess I'm surprised that no one's been like hey like can we get a wellness check like Ladna like we need to like we literally went to the upside down to save you from yeah. Tyla. like we went through all these extremes to help you like, I don't, it's just, I guess it's weird to me that no one has been like, and I guess like the plot's moving forward. And I don't think anyone's like ignoring it because of that, but I'm just surprised no one's been like, Hey, Ladna has some issues. We need to figure this out. But <laughs> well, I don't know. first of all, let me say, I totally agree with you, but I will also provide the, 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 I don't know. Caveat's not the right word, but they have talked about it. Like there have been mentions of this arc she's on, basically since the Bordor moment. Now they've never like fully sat down and like had an intervention, but there have been conversations. And I think the, the, like the conclusion they came to was like, we need this right. power for what we're about. Like we need all the help we can get. Um, so I will say that it's not like just been this thing that's been completely ignored from the jump, um, which I think sh sheds some light on it. Like it makes sense to some extent that they like, <clears throat> they aren't just completely shutting it out. But that being said, I do think it's pretty strange that there wasn't a word said after that moment in this episode. Uh, now, again, we quickly went into like an Odahan situation. So like maybe it kind of got moved to the back burner. Um, but then there was potentially space for something like that during the second half where they're kind of exploring around. Um, and, I, and what I'll say is maybe there is still room for that to come up. Uh, in tonight's episode or later but i would agree that if like it's it's never mentioned at all uh that is kind of weird to me like uh yeah and maybe they try to spin it it's kind of like a serret situation from calamity and that you his fellow members of the brass ring were mm. involved in some shady stuff and like when you look at everyone's flaw like his flaw was like turning a blind eye to mm -hmm. those things i guess like maybe maybe that will develop and mature in a way where it's like yeah, we needed Ladna to do this, and yet, like, we were kind of naive in, like, ignoring it for so long. Because I think you're right. They they did address it, and I think there was even a point where 
maybe Imogen and Lana talked about it and they both kind of agreed like, Hey, we should both kind of embrace this. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. she was saying it to Imogen only. I, I don't remember. I think it was but kind it, of a, like a, a both ways type of combo. Yeah. I think there was some, th- something mutual there of like, yeah. yeah, we should probably embrace this, but <clears throat> yeah, I mean, she's a little unhinged. I love that you pointed out the detached, the detachment with Orum. Yeah. Calling Uh, him the halfling like that really stood out to me. And here's what I'll say is that it's not as if it went unclocked. I even called it out earlier that I could tell Orum like everyone else was like, what? But Orum was like stone face. So like he didn't like express this in a monologue for us to all hear. But I definitely think Orum clocked it and is like contingencying in in his mind. So that, that made me think like, okay, who would sit down with Laudna? And it really is. Who would it be besides Imogen? It's got to be Imogen, right? You know, and then I mean, they did already kind of talk about it. So maybe like to her, it's like, well, you know, this is what we agreed was was for the best. But yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely see that boiling over as opposed to they sit down, have their intervention and and set her on the right path. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I, and I think to bring this full circle, I think it's the high, the pain point is highlighted by the fact that the party as a whole really it's really hard to nail down their moral principles for lack of a better phrase mm. like it's hard to have that conversation and be like hey this is a little weird because <laughs> we all love the don father and you're doing yeah. stuff that's weird yeah you know, true that's for hypothetical sake <clears throat> you know it's it's it and the party really wavered around like do we save the gods or not and it's it's just it's always been very vague their ideals, their values, other than like just the generic, we're the good guys, Mm -hmm. you know? So I I think that makes the conversation harder to have. Yeah, I agree. Because, you know, you don't have a paladin in the group to be like, hey, like. Yeah. And a lot of other people don't really have ground to stand on in terms of just being a complete hypocrite, you know, like they've all got their own stuff. Um, So, yeah, I think that's a a great insight um, for sure. Yeah. Anyhow. Well, I mean, it could boil over any minute. I mean, and, and it may never <clears throat> boil over. I don't know. I mean, it could I, just be I something. I think it will. I, I think, and again, whether this is a, a, a literal mechanic written down on the spell or not, I would I would assume it's not. Um, I would imagine in Matt's mind, there's some X number yeah. of like, if, be, right? if this happens, like, like I don't, I don't know what that means. Like, does Delilah fully like incarnate and take over Laudna or like, not necessarily that, but I think there is some threshold that once it's passed, like something's going to happen. And so like, when is that going to happen? Cause like you would, it is like a combat ability, right? So can you imagine like in a fierce combat that like something like that happens and they have to deal with that too. Um, and we've talked about this, right? It's like half the party has kind of like a berserk switch that could go off at any time. Like FCG, Chetney, Laudna, Imogen, um, Maybe others too, but yeah, I'm Imogen got a new feat too, right? Being oh yeah, Ruidus. I feel like she got a new one. I think you're right. Uh, it wasn't this episode though, right? It was. Uh, yeah, maybe not. I guess it was when they leveled up. Good. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Yeah, I. Right. I'm familiar with what you're saying, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah. And it, also, yeah, speaking of um, new stuff. I don't have it sitting in front of me right now, so I can't like point to directly what it was, but some interesting stuff that Orem has that might be related to the deal he made with Nanamori. Mm-hmm. I saw some people talking about it in the Discord. Um, 
again, I don't have it pulled up right now, but because we know he's only taken levels in fighter. So some of the stuff he's done doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So um, that's interesting. Cause I know we were, we were talking about like what exactly were mm-hmm. the benefits he got from that pact, um, mm-hmm. which it seems to be maybe some sort of warlock esque mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I think it was like Faye touched or something. Oh yeah. Was... I think that's what it was. Yeah. Um, which I don't remember the full details, but um, I think it was like a feat, right? I think you're right. That sounds right. Um, yeah. Okay. Whatever. I think it was something like that though. Um, so yeah, like even, even with just to kind of round this with a nice bow, um, even with the insane stakes of just what's happening right now in general, the God eater, you know, Rudas, Pradathos, all of this stuff. We also have all of these just time bombs in the inner party dynamics. And so it's like, if these things all go off at the same time. Like that's, that's going to be bad news bears. What do you think they're waiting on with Pradathos? Like it was, it was clear <clears throat> Matt was really yeah. not to reveal that, even though they were really trying to get the answer. Yeah. Um, which could be maybe Matt, I, I would say I, I'm extremely doubtful that Matt doesn't know what they're waiting on when it's been this long. Um, but I'm, I'm curious why Matt is very insistent on not, why he was very insistent in this episode, not revealing that detail. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so real quick before we dive into that portion, since we didn't get a chance to really talk about, stuff in the previous episodes just like a really quick rundown of what we learned about these people on ruidus is one they were basically always there um Mm -hmm. two the the there was history of all of the time here but it was like burned like deliberately gotten rid of um by the higher-ups in power which is very interesting uh and these higher-ups in power power are called the weed mind yeah, it was like it's been like 500 years or something since they've been in power. I think I think that's been how however long Barthy like oh, his okay. cuz you know Rudus has been there for longer than that. But I right, think yeah. I remember that time frame as well and so I think that was like his experience cuz that's how old he yeah, is. Okay. Um so the weave mind destroyed it and they're preaching like they want Pradathos to awake and so they're preaching mm. um preaching this stuff to everybody telling them that Yeah you are the true inheritors of Exandria. And like the plan is we're going to wake up Pradathos and then we can inherit the planet, which is rightfully ours. And we know that they see, they dream our dreams. Like when they sleep, they see Exandrian's dreams. So like, you know, that's kind of, they've been using that as almost propaganda to be like, you know, this is the life you could be living type of thing. Right. Um. <clears throat> so anyway, thought that was interesting that in terms of, in terms of the the cult, for lack of a better word, they're doing this because they think that, like, they will inherit the earth, as it were. Um, so, as to why they haven't, like, why haven't they woken up Pradathos yet? What are they waiting for? My best guess is that they're not waiting. They can't yet. And I don't think they can yet with something to do with these Ruidusborns. Maybe it's just the Exalteds. Maybe it's as many as they can get. Um, but we know Imogen has been very like important to them for a long time. Um, we know that lewdness, which I want to talk about this separately as well, but lewdness like specifically has called attention to Fern, you know, mm-hmm. when Odaham was like, we can't hurt you. You're rude born, but also like he mentioned you or something. 
Um, right. So I do want I want to turn return yeah. to that, but so that makes me think that <clears throat> the Ruidusborns are are integral to whatever is happening here. I mean, we know that they are literally being called here. Like all the Ruidusborns are feeling pulled and drawn to the Malleus Key and you know potentially to Ruidus thereafter. So my thought is that you know Prodothos has given a piece of his power to all of these people, especially Exaltants. You know, Imogen's entire power source is Prodothos mm. in a way. Maybe he needs that back to mm-hmm. fully awaken. So I don't know if there's like a sacrificial ritual at play here, or if it's not, maybe they don't have to be killed to do it. But for my money, and maybe it's not even like, maybe that's not the vibe of it at all, but maybe they just need them all there to like help awaken him or something. Um, but yeah, that's, go, that's my best guess. If we go back to the build up to episode 51, the Apache Solstice, we were talking about, we were really talking about like the dynamics of how's the party going to take on all of these Rudis born who were gathering at the excavation site. Mm-hmm. And one of the thing we talked, one of the things we talked about was maybe they're not going to have to take them on. Maybe everyone's getting together and they're going to be like mass sacrifice. Yeah. To yeah. Free Ruidus. So I'm remembering that detail and I'm wondering, could that still be the case? I mean, yeah. I, brought on to be like, I can't even kill one Rudis born. You know, I have to keep you alive, which that might be more fern than it is just being a rudest born. Yeah. A combination of both. Right. Um, but they're caravanning people to the city. Um, I, I think you're right. I think there has to be there's some critical mass where they need enough rudest born to open to unlock the door, I guess. Yeah. That that would be my thought right now, my best guess on it. Um, because it would just make sense, right? Like why did why is there this big this big theme of like the connection between all of them and the pull between all of them like i think again even if it's not sacrificial i think they are required to some extent um and that would answer why they're waiting because why are they waiting right if they could just do it right now why wouldn't they have done it right now so right i i think it's a, a they can't not they haven't um now to the <clears throat> to the fern thing I do agree with what you're saying that, cause I mean, obviously some Ruidus born are going to be taken out. Like they're at war. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe they are prioritizing non Ruidus borns to the front lines for all we know. But I think there's something different beyond just the fact that Fern is Ruidus born that Ludinus specifically like called her out by name to Odahan. And back in the shard episodes, it might've just been like subject to circumstance that Fern happened well, to be I'm, like, you I'm know, yeah, but Ludinus like was leaving with Fern. So like, right. mm-hmm. what do they want with her? Plus when we factor in everything we found out about her, that she was like specifically birthed by what was his name? I always think of Solmir now, but all the Lord Zithuda. Yeah. Like he, he clearly had plans yeah. for Fern. Um, you know, but like, Back then, I would have assumed that those were her, his singular plans, like with his own machinations. But and maybe they still were. But maybe whatever he was cooking up made her important in some way. And Ludinus knows this now, you know. But she's not exalted, which is interesting. So yeah, I'm just she's not. She's not an exaltant, and yet I was thinking the same thing um, when he tried to kidnap. Didn't try to kidnap Imogen. He tried right. to take Fern. Right. Um, so it's very interesting. It definitely feels like there's more there for sure. Yeah. So I, I wish I had a better theory for how that puzzle piece fit in, yeah. but uh, right now I don't, but the, the mystery is certainly interesting. And what that's 
shout out to y'all in the comments. That'd be one of the things I would love to hear y'all's perspective on. Um, but yeah, just kind of bigger picture. I, there's obviously something a little bit deeper going on with Fern. So I just would love to know more about that. And I'm curious if, if whatever that piece is from her father and from that side of things, if it's the same exact piece that lewdness is interested in, or if, 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 if it's connected, but not necessarily that. Yeah. Maybe it's something like related to like, you know, not just freeing Pradathos on the physical plane, but like giving him like full range of power, like across like the um, Shadowfell and the Feywild mm. too. I don't know. True. Isn't Fern like connected to both? She's from the Feywild, but then when she died, she went to the Shadowfell. Do we know that for sure? I'm not saying well, no. you're wrong. I just no, don't remember. I think we just, I think we just guessed that that was the case. Yeah, because uh, I mean, we know that there was Malleus Keys in both of those places. Um, and with the Sorrow Lord, I mean, she, you know, I see darkness in you, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe she's connected to both planes, and which then makes me wonder. Again, going back to the history of Pradathos, the two deities that were absorbed, killed, whatever, mm-hmm. and our guess that maybe they represented those two planes as well. Um, so, I don't know. That, yeah, that would make sense to me. Uh, Ethodoc and Vordo, I think. Yeah. Um, which Ethodoc was like, I don't, I'm not looking at it right now, but I think his like title was something about shadows, like Lord of Shadow or something. Yeah. Um, and Vordo was like the fate shaper, I think, which is yeah. very, very fey. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean that, <clears throat> that would make sense to me. So I'm just very curious how that all factors into his plan. I also wonder, we've talked about this before, but since the harness came up and I, I think Chetney was like taking a closer look at it to see if that's how they were being tracked. Um, and they, they came to the conclusion that that's not the case. Uh, but one of the things they were talking about is because yeah, he has a new harness, um, mm. you know, which again made me think of like, not that not that the harness needs to be a Chekhov's gun that has like this big moment. I'm not saying that, but if it were, then again, you know, and we've talked about it, but maybe Ludness's plan is to not free Pradathos, but consume him. Um, which if that were the case, maybe he just can't do it in the in the slumbering Pradathos form. But you would think like let's just let's just do this while he can't <laughs> counterattack me. Um, but maybe he I mean, like has be, to awaken first. It could be they can't open the door. You know, it's not that they can't wake him up. That'd be interesting. Open yeah. The door to, <clears throat> to then wake him up. Like, right. That could be the issue. Um, but I, I'm with you though. It feels like the theme of the harness is signaling that lewdness, you know, if, if his whole life is around revenge against the deities, you know, why entrust someone else to take care of your business? Yeah. Even, even as compelling as that, as Pradathos is, um, I could definitely see a very like Thanos-esque, you know, I'll do it myself. Yeah. Consume Pradathos, become a God, which is a nice nod to the theme of the age of Arcanum, which we think lewdness is from. Right. Um, It's very on point. It's a, it's just a great, you know, carry through of that theme. Yeah. Um, Plus it's, it's more, hu- it's more human. I know he's an elf, but more human, right. To like, yeah. to want that power. Like, Cause we've talked about like, <laughs> he's going about it in very wrong ways, but like to some level there is like a, 
not not heroic's not the right word, but like there's a he's what he's trying to do at least as he's presenting it is good for everyone. Like it's it's not selfish. Right. You know, but it is obviously selfish. And so that if he right. was trying to, you know, consume Pradathos, then that very much would make it a more villainous, selfish act. Um, now, I just I don't I haven't thought about this at all. It just popped into my head. But what if he wants to use the harness on Fern? Like, What if that's why he wants her? Like, because she is Faye and she's Rudis born and she's like heavily connected to these powerful pieces. Um just a random thought I just had. That's an interesting idea, for sure. Yeah, very and interesting. Speaking Especially of the harness, with- I, I did wish <laughs> I wish they had gotten to use it on the Willmaster because I want to see what like what the permanent buff would have been, you know? Yeah. Um Yeah. And they technically could have. It's just that um uh Ladna was just like, Well, now's a good time for me to go ahead and Killed this lady. Yeah. They could have knocked her out again, I guess, and like bound and gagged her. <clears throat> True. So anyhow. Um, um what else? Let me try to I'm trying to find my notes. I don't know what I just did with them. I think we've talked about most things I wanted to, but let me just peruse really quick. Um no, yeah. I the Things I had written down, we actually we talked about all of them. So, um, yeah. Well, let us know what you guys thought about this episode, either in the comments or in the Discord. Again, we have our watch party tonight to watch tonight's episode. Um, I'll tune in for a little bit. I'm not raiding tonight. Nice. Know? So I got to get that work event tomorrow, so I took the night off. Um, but, yeah. And then we'll have our show, our live show tomorrow. So. Yeah. Um Potentially later though, right? So yeah, stay right. tuned. Maybe stay like tuned half an hour later. Yeah. yeah. So uh I guess that does it. So. I guess that does it, yeah. Um I I will I don't know if I can watch the full episode, but I'll be there for the live party tonight as well. I didn't get to make it last week, uh, so I'm excited to hang out with you guys. So if you're not already in the Discord, come join us. Like I said, it's a it's a great group of people out there, and I, I truly mean that. Like we've you know Maybe, maybe I'm not trying to pat us on our own backs here, but I feel like we've cultivated an amazing community. Like we only get the good yeah. ones. It feels like so shout out to you guys. And if you're looking for, you know, a less toxic community to watch along with join the discord, you know, come hang out with us. Um, But yeah, that that's all I got. All right. We will see you all later. Alrighty. Bye y'all.